On this episode of AV Week, Almo is purchased by Exertus, what that means for manufacturers as well as customers, taking a look at a new Java exploit and how you get your customers to let you to upgrade their systems. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 539, recorded Friday, December 17th, 2021. Distributed Mergers. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Draper and by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. We have got a doozy this week. Uh, we've got three fantastic ladies. Uh, this is the last news week of the, the year. We've got two more shows. One's a best of, one's a what would we learn this year. Uh, let's start with uh, the young lady I've seen most recently in person, Gina Sansevero uh, from Atlas IED. And I got to hang out with her in New York uh, just last weekend. So how are you, ma'am? I am doing very well. And that was a fun evening. Thank you for coming out. It was amazing. Well, thank you for arranging it. I, I took my daughter to New York uh, as part of her Christmas, and Gina was nice enough to arrange a really, really kick-ass um, a bunch of AV uh, folks. So that was really, really cool. So um, I'm not sure which of you other two that I've seen last, uh, most recently, so we'll start with Dawn. Dawn Mead, uh, we don't say where she works, but she is on the East Coast, my Maryland, D.C. area. How are you, ma'am? <laughs> Very good, thanks. And, uh, glad to be on the show again. Absolutely. And last but not least, this young lady works for someplace new from the last time we uh, we spoke, Lauren Simmons uh, from Crestron. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you. How are you? I am well. I am well. Um, not not for nothing, but uh, as a as a lifelong Cardinals fan, I have two Mets fans in my midst. Both Lauren and Gina are both... Um, I won't. Ref- I won't talk about what we used to call Mets uh, in the '80s, uh, but you can Google it and look it up. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't very nice. Let's just put it that way. Um, first story comes to us from everybody and their brother, including Aviation. Um, news this week hit that our friends over at Almo got purchased by our friends over at Exertus. Um, Exertus is is owned by DCC Technology, overarching corporation, DCC PLC. Um, we did an interview with. Um, uh, with both um, uh, Warren Chaikin and um, uh, the gentleman from from Exodus as well, uh, he's like, "Yeah, we don't, yeah, don't we, we don't talk about the fact that DCC just because it's like it's like the massive corporation." Um, so we just kind of refer to it as Exodus from there on out in in the uh, in the interview. Um, we did an interview. Mitchell will do fantastic work and put a link to that interview on on this episode's page. Um, but one of the things between Clive Fitzharris and, and Warren Chaikin that they both kind of made 100% um, known is that this is um, to help the brands, but also help the cu- customers. One of the pieces out of the interview that, that shocked me is the fact that the overlap in customer base is is less than 50%. And what that means is that the customers that Exertus has and and really quickly, Exertus, if you're if you've lost track of your scorecard, used to be called Stampede two years ago, right? So that is is, is kind of where we're at here. Um, their customers uh, are, are they don't they don't they share less than fifty percent of their customers. So it helps them in their customer base. It helps um, them with their vendor relations. Almo, most uh, a whole lot of AV folks don't don't realize they also have 
an appliance division. That's how Almo started. Uh, High-end appliances, they have deals with Best Buy and a bunch of other stores. So it's a significant deal for both groups. Um, Warren, who I've known for forever and a day, is a fantastic just human being in general. Um, He's like, we we get to keep the family together because it was a family-owned business. Now it's a family-run business, to quote Warren. Um, Don, I'm going to start with you as the uh, as the t- end user on this. When deals like this happen, what does the end user part of you say? What what do you what are you concerned about? What is it you know, or what are you excited about in deals like this? I'm kind of almost exactly split on uh, how I feel about it. Okay. Because on the one hand, you know, it's great news. We have access to things that we didn't have access to previously. You know that by going through our Alma rep, so to speak, that we might not have had access to if we weren't set up with Stampede or Exertus. Um, and so, and they also get, of course, better buying power with the manufacturers and that sort of thing. A little more priority when you're talking to one of the big behemoths as opposed to the little guys, you know. Um, but on the other hand, it's kind of putting all your eggs in one basket and not to totally sidetrack the show right at the top, but we're in the midst of the greatest supply chain collapse in history and right now, all of the integrators and a lot of us end users are going, oh, crap, we need these things by the end of the year. Where are we going to get them? Our regular guys don't have them. Hey, let me call these other guys that are distributor that I know have a warehouse. They might have them. Let me try this third group. And by merging together like that, we're getting you know a few less names in our back pocket to whip out in a situation like this that you know is kind of unusual circumstances. But I think in the long run, putting aside the supply chain concerns, it is going to be a good move. Uh, You know, like I said, it gives you more access to more lines and and more availability and and better pricing. But right now it's kind of like we could have used a separate company because those warehouses are empty and we don't know when stuff's coming. So, Uh, Gina, we'll we'll, we'll continue with this with you. Both you and Lauren work for, for manufacturers. So how does this you know, how does this impact your guys' um, outlook? Because Dawn's right. Suddenly now, instead of, of two clients or two vendors, you've got one. Right, right. Well, I mean, clearly it impacts us from a, um, from a sales standpoint. We have to consolidate how we're going to um, manage uh, deployment to two different distributors, which, you know, is an internal problem that we all have to deal with. So no big deal. We've been doing it for a long time with all of these mergers and acquisitions now. So I think our um, accounting department and our sales ops people um, have gotten used to that. I think from, from our standpoint, when you have a, an organization that consolidates like this, um, it helps, I think it helps our um, integrator partners. And the reason why I say that is because right now, integrators are dealing with supply chain shortages, but they're also dealing with really condensed project timelines. So what was put on hold has now started up again. And when that happens, cash flow becomes a real issue. You have to buy a ton of product for a short amount of time, but you're not going to get paid until that project is commissioned. And if you're waiting on an amplifier to commission that project, you are, you might be waiting a couple of months, right? Um, so at this point, if you can go through distribution, they generally have better terms. They generally have better uh, pricing models and they might be able to help your cash flow. So, so when you have the buying power of a distributor consolidated like this and, and they're 
their extension, their arm, um, becomes a little bit longer into the manufacturer's kind of coffers there, um, they might be able to help our integrator partners complete projects or at least extend their terms so that they're not so squeezed on their, on their um, uh, you know, cash flow. All right, Lauren, same kind of question. You've worked for a number of manufacturers. Um, Gina's right about, you know, consolidating everything into one warehouse. Um, but also, you know, looking at it from a, a standpoint of, of, you know, choice, right? Now now, uh, certain integrators only have, you know, they, they've only got to be able to one, um, one choice. One of the things that, that both Warren and, and, and Clive mentioned was the ability to package deals, right? And, and, and distributors have the unique ability or a unique ability to take a look at a solution and go, oh, I can use this from Crestron, I can use this from Atlas, and I can use this from this one over here, package it together, and here you go, Mr. and Mrs. Integrator. Um, so, so what does this look like for you from your perspective as, as, again, somebody who's worked for a couple different manufacturers? Yeah, I mean, it's, listen, both Don and Gina said a lot of great things, uh, particularly about supply chain. When you bring distributors like this together that both have potentially different levels of inventory, right, it, it does open up the amount of products that you can access. Um, so if you have a project that you just can't, you have to finish, but you may not have the right part, with a, distri a distribution merger like this, you have some capabilities to go, okay, I need I need something that does X, Y, and Z. Yes, I spec'd in this, but maybe something else can, can get us to that uh, point and get us what we need without having to completely redo the entire uh, installation. Um, so that, that does open up more possibilities. Uh, the other thing with kitting is, it, it got opened up a, a couple of years ago, some of the, um, the mid-tier distributors really started doing it and taking on is being able to pack, pull, and ship as an order. And so instead of having to go out to three or four different distributors and say, okay, I need five products here, 10 here, 15 there, all that can get kitted as to and shipped out as one order going directly to the job site, making the installation side of it a lot simpler. I was just going to say my last thought on the whole story was my first thought when I read it. And that's wow, it's going to be really hard to fit hashtag Exertus Almo E4V Expo on a tweet <laughs> and still have room to talk about it. No, so, you also forgot about the, the, the big book of AV in there too because that's what Stampede's yeah. regional show. And that is, that is one of the things that we don't know yet, right? And, and something I learned from the corporate side, I understand. So Almo, it was a, a family-owned, family-run business. DCC is a publicly traded company. And I am so trying not to get sued here. There were things that they couldn't discover and find out about each other until the deal was done, right? From a legal SEC, SEC, SEC is a football. Um, yeah, SEC, Security and Exchange Commissions. SEC um, standpoint, there were things that they couldn't talk about, right? Um that was probably one of them. And so we don't quite know where the Exertus side is, is, is with the big book of AV and their regional shows. And like Dawn said, the, the E4 experience. So yeah, that, that'll be something that we know. If, if I may add, I've been through mm -hmm. this on both sides, right? I've been through being acquired by a publicly traded company when I was a privately held company. And uh, yeah, there, and Tim, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? There's going to be things that, that they find out, but I, I'm sure with companies like this, the due diligence is done very, very well, and you know it. It should be a pretty smooth process. Oh, I was going to say, and I think Gary Kay is fully prepared to do his next E4 keynote with the Stampede girls on either side of him. So they they got rid of the Stampede girl. <laughs> that, that was the thing is when, when Exertus came to, took over, somebody said something about 
Uh, well, there goes the there goes the the Cowboys and the and the uh, the gates, right? <laughs> the 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 hoedown, and Infocom. It was gone this year, right? Uh, they, they when Exertus took over, the whole stampede thing was was it's 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 a lot more streamlined and, and slick now. So, I'm yeah. curious to hear if there are any um, challenges or or how smooth the transition goes with that kind of residential appliance side of things, right? This organization that is so pro AV focused and might dabble in some IT and potentially some security is now an appliance distributor. That is one of those things. So, so, so Sam that has helped, uh, helped start up the pro AV division of, of Almo, right? Um, he is, my understanding, he is going to still stay on the pro AV side and that is going to be like, kind of like the Exertus side. Right now, I 100% could be talking out of turn here, but, but that is my understanding is that the the, the exerter side is going to be kind of the, the the AV side, but the Almo side is still going to have the the hooks into the into the appliance into the, that distributor. Right. So, uh, Sam Taylor is you know they're kind of com combined. Sam Taylor is the, the gentleman who who helped start the the pro AV section of of Almo. He is going to do kind of an, an exerter Almo pro AV side, and then. Warren is going to stick on the Almo uh, appliance side, is my understanding. Um, but as we've all just kind of said, just discovery and, and, and the integration of this is going to take a minute. Um, so I don't think that any of us, and I'm certain that they don't know yet either, you know, how that all that will, will shake out. Um, Stay tuned. Yeah, I, I think Dawn makes a point, though, that I, I think most likely we, we just lost another regional show, too. Um, most likely, you know, and, and how they market that and what they call it, it, it we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, next story, actually, um, we'll talk about Java here for a second. And no, I'm not talking about coffee. I really wish I was. Um, so Java is still used in a number of servers, uh, a number of IT device, uh, devices, but also in a handful of, of AV uh, gear. There is a vulnerability currently as we sit here and, and record this on on. December 17th. Uh, it is called Log4J. Do not ask me why it's called that. I do not know. What I do know is that it's a vulnerability and it is impacting a whole lot of software. Um, the, the story we're using is from My Tech Decisions. You can go to The Verge. You can probably go to Gizmodo and find out you know, a whole lot of stuff. Gina, I'm going to start with you on this. As, as a manufacturer, I am not saying that Atlas has gear that is affected by this. What I am saying, though, you guys have a lot of software. Crestron has a lot of software, right? How do you encourage your dealers and their customers to keep stuff updated when it still works, right? It's it's working, so why the heck should I update it just because of some log4j thing? Well, that's a that's a really good question. It's funny, I hadn't heard I I've, I've been on the road a bit this week and I hadn't heard about it until my teams blew up. And that's because our product management, engineering, sales, you know, groups were all talking and going, do we have, what do we have to tell our customers? And, and it turns out that they did their due diligence. They worked through our SKUs that, um, you know, would have or could have been affected and none of them are affected. Thank goodness, right? Um, but holy mackerel, did it cause a bit of a rumble for a couple of days? And, and they, they did everything that they could to ensure that they did not miss one product when doing this full evaluation. So kudos to the team for doing that. But this is also why we have um, consistent communications 
outwardly with our customers to ensure that they know this is the software, these are the, uh, this is the firmware update, or this is a software update, these are the fixes that are um, being implemented during this update. You need to know all of this, and, and all of the firmware gets application notes that are 100% um, you know, kind of there to encourage them to be able to, uh, to update them frequently. I get it. Uh, very often, integrator is really afraid to touch a system after it's been working for an extended period of times because, I mean, I run a PC. I get it, right? You update something, something else breaks. Um, but when it comes to things like security, that becomes a real challenge. So, like I said, we are very transparent and consistent in our communications outwardly. We make sure that they are aware of all of the fixes that are included, um, and then it's ultimately up to them. But we try to make it as easy as possible. So there's multiple ways to uh, download firmware. If you're able to get uh, internet access on site, great. Um, if you can't, then we have other ways of giving you the files. So we do try to make it as easy as possible. All right, Lauren, same kind of question. How do you communicate this? And is, is it a carrot? Is it a stick method when it comes to getting dealers to, to upgrade this stuff? You know, two years ago, I would have said there's a stick. Right. And, and but now the the channel, whether it's residential or commercial, have really gotten a lot better about understanding the risks and the vulnerabilities when it comes to security. Um, they are our own police in, in some instances. Uh, they are pushing a lot harder for better, uh, um, better security, better measures, better protocols over and over again. So we, we look at that, obviously, going through all the product development side, making sure is this, you know, going into is this going to pass government security? And a lot of our products already are certified for government, so it, it, that helps us on the, the downside, or you know, for every other uh, channel. Um, but really, you know, it's it's something that our integrators, if they're not thinking about now, have to start thinking about. I, I haven't met one that hasn't brought up the security question in one way, shape, or form. Uh, but in terms of communication, same thing Gina said, right? We went back, looked at all of our products, made sure nothing was affected. If it was fixed it, and then constant communications out to our customers, whether or not the products were affected, saying, hey, we, we saw this, we understand it, just so you know, this is what we've done, these are the protocol, the measures that we've taken, just so that everybody knows, okay, we're good, so it's been something we just cross off their list. Um, but, you know, like I said, a couple years ago, it was it was more of a stick mentality. Now our, our integrators are coming to us and saying, hey, you know, and they're coming with a lot better questions than we used to have up in the beginning parts of the process of, is this 802.1x certified? Can I use this in these applications? Uh, and it's helped us know how we have to build products, uh, but it's, it's a lot better of a, um, a partnership on the security side than it was not too long ago. And Lauren, I, I, I'm, I think part of why it's become so important over the last two years is it's also part of the service an integrator offers now, right? Um, whereas before it was, they have to charge to come back out on site to make sure that all of this was done. Now, uh, you know, through remote monitoring, monitoring and access, um, with the exception of possibly a, a corporation like Don's, you know, you can do so much of this offsite and include it as part of your you know, scope of work for, you know, service contracts and um, things like that. So it, it has become easier, but it's also become a selling point. And just to add on to that, right, we've seen it with work from home and the explosion of devices being off the internal network. 
uh, having to have more increased security measures so that you know their home networks are, are much more vulnerable than one that's going to be in a financial building in Manhattan. So our the IT teams have taken that step to understand that hey we have these products that are now all over the place. We have these these whether it's AV or whether it's just your, your PC, there's vulnerability there that if they can get in, then they can run amok. And so thankfully the industry has really stepped up their game with that over the last couple of years. Um, so hopefully this doesn't cause too much of a, of a ripple effect in the industry. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, a couple of websites you can go to check out JIDC, JITC uh, approved product and as well as Dodin, D-O-D-I-N, approved products. Don, I'm going to take two separate angles with you. Um, we have not said where you work. We do, You do work on the East Coast, around the Maryland and D.C. area. No, she doesn't work with the government. Okay. So take this from both you as current Don, as, a, as somebody who works inside this corporation, but also when you used to work for an integrator and did work inside, let's say, Alphabet agencies, organizations and their you know um systems not does this scare you does this process how, how do you feel about you know not just this vulnerability but also upgrading and updating systems be, it, when they're they are working this scares me but not as badly as it did a few years ago and i think uh what lauren said is right we have stepped up as an industry in the past few years but, Tim, I think you said it at the Almo show a week or two ago, whenever the heck that was online. It's been 20 years since we were at that Infocom that was like, oh, my God, convergence. And we're just getting there the past couple of years at this, okay, we're IT savvy or we're hiring IT savvy people. And there's still a heck of a lot of guys out there and guys in the unisex, you know, non-gendered form that aren't IT savvy, that don't know a ports and protocols document, that don't have a basis in cybersecurity or even just basic network stuff, let alone cybersecurity. And so it's those integrators and those companies that are the ones that should be really worried, not just about this vulnerability, but about their future business. Because the more and more we do AV over IP and all of these other interconnected, same technology things, it's going to come up more and more often. And I know 15 years ago or, or 20 years ago, the one integrator I was working for had a customer in a polygon-shaped building right outside of D.C. that is very secure. And at the time, um, Polycom was the VTC system we had in there, and it needed a firmware upgrade. Can't take a laptop in that building, and you can't take a thumb drive in that building. And they're sure as heck in that building and in that room specifically, there is no internet connection. And it comes down to having to know that there is an update that is vital and it is mission critical and being able to communicate that with the IT people that you need to either provide me with a secure internet access and a secure connection so that I can upgrade this or you're going to have a vulnerable system and explain to the generals why they cannot talk to people in theater. You know, and so it, it comes down to there, there's a time that these vulnerabilities really hit some secure places. They really aren't able to just have a remote management login and take care of things. And it works. Sometimes you got to poke the bear if it's running fine, but there is a known issue. You got to fix it. You can't take the chance that 
No one's going to stumble upon it, you know? And so in that, in that regard, I mean, if, if you're sitting there watching this and you're an integrator and you don't have IT people on staff, you better get to HR and start hiring or send your guys to school. Because at this point, I mean, there's no excuse for it. And in my current role as an end user, checking with, you know, trying to interview integrators around the country for different jobs, if I don't already know that integrator, there are people that still don't know what a ports and port protocols document is. And even, even just knowing that that term exists and knowing to ask, hey, Gina, what, do, what ports does your company and your product need? Hey, Lauren, what, what does Crestron need to, you know, to, to work on the network and to do what it needs to do? And then take those issues to the IT department for clearing. Because, you know, in our, our type of world, you don't bring in a product unless it has been blessed by IT, blessed by cybersecurity, blessed by 12 other groups and on the JITIC approved lists. So, you know, it, it's, it's a very serious issue for our industry. We're getting better, but we got a long way to go. And it's been 20 years we've been talking about it, guys. Come on. I still love the fact, and now it, 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 just so credit goes where the credit is due. I did not uh, recall nor see that that sign. It was my buddy Kevin Iselli, who happens to work for Crestron. He still has the picture, by the way. Uh, and every once in a while, he'll when somebody when somebody will do, do something stupid, Kevin will send me that picture in a text just to say, you know, we've been we're, we're still not there, dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Really quickly, as because Don mentioned something there, and, and that is if you don't have IT people. Um, absolutely get yourself some, right? Uh, whether that is here in St. Louis, uh, Rankin Technologies is a local trade school that if, if you're not, if you're in this area and you're not talking to them, you absolutely should be. Uh, talk to the trade schools, talk to the, the and, and talk to the high schools, right, And that, that are teaching this. Uh, 100% get yourself in line and start talking with, with those recruiters and those those um, career counselors, as because they're the ones who see, you know, the 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 men and women that are coming up through the ranks and and you know start pointing them your way. So and if you're at a big company like mine, and every summer you get thousands of little interns coming in from the universities, most of whom are IT majors of some sort, grab some of them and teach them about AV. If you're with the AV team, say, hey, I know you're you think you're a programmer, or I know you think you're you know cyber guy. Come check out what we do. We play with the cool toys and you get to do your stuff. Yeah. I had an integrator about a year and a half ago tell me that as they were trying to, they were hiring these people and there was internal issues because they weren't speaking the same language because AV and IT is a different language. They actually wrote an internal dictionary of what the AV term meant and what the appropriate IT term was. And they made all of their, their team understand it. So when they were having conversations with consultants or with end users, they they use the right language for the right person. I was like, that is genius. Mm -hmm. It's like the Rosetta Stone. Where yeah. can we get one? A, that's genius and I would like a copy. But B, I taught a class on that at Infocom the last time I went on communication. And we don't speak the same language. Figure yeah. it out. My program where I work means something completely different than an AV person's program than an IT person's program. You know, in my case, it's the project that everybody's working on. But... You know, you don't know what someone means when they say that term. Yeah, I, feel, I love that. And, and Lauren, I'm, I'm with Don. I would love a copy of that too. So, um, all right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, I mentioned that this is, this is our last kind of regular one for the year. We'll be back uh, the first Friday of January. Um, I may be a little harried because I'm going to CES for the first time. That's a whole other story. And I'll tell that story on that Friday. 
Uh, but next week will be our best of, and then the week after that, we'll do our, our year in review things. So thank you guys so much for joining us uh, this year. Gina Sansevero, uh, how do people connect with you or Atlas IED? Well, I want to say first, since it's our last show, Happy New Year, everybody! Looking forward to a great 2022, and I hope everybody is very safe but jovial in their celebrations. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Gina Sands or at Atlas underscore IED um, and on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And then finally, if you are interested in dogs or food, Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Gina Sansevero. Both on the food. Well, the, the food is incredible because she, yeah, yeah, she, she, it, I've never tasted her Italian cooking. It just looks fantastic. So. Oh, thank you. Um, Lauren Simmons, good to see you again, ma'am. Um, uh, how do people connect with you or Crestron? With me, uh, either on Twitter or LinkedIn, uh, Lauren Simmons. And then for Crestron, in all the, the social channels, our website, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of the above. All right, very good. And Miss Dawn Mead, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, I can't tell you where I work or I'd have to shoot you. But uh, you can always find me on the socials. Uh, if, if I'm not AV Dawn, which I am on Twitter and, and Insta and TikTok and Snap and whatever. Uh, but if I'm not AV Dawn, I'm Dawn Mead. You can look me up. It's spelled just like the fort. Um, and uh, you can always find me here on avnation.tv, hosting AV Social, and popping on this show as much as Tim will let me because it's fun to sit and hang out with my friends virtually. Um, and like Gina said, I hope everyone has a very happy new year and a happy whichever of the hundreds of winter holidays you and your faith and your family might practice or not practice. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. I'm just going to do it with sol solstice from now on. Just, you know. Yeah. Just, uh, just, just make a steak instead of the, uh, the animal sacrifice they frown on at these days. So. Really? Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually making a brisket this weekend, so it's kind of like an animal well, sacrifice. There you, know? you go. That's there cool. you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, two, a couple things. Don't follow me on the Twitters because at this point, I really, really am regretting my life decision of being a Bears fan. Uh, but go that by the websites if you would please. Avnation.tv. That's Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including Dawn's fantastic. Uh, AV Social, uh, which apparently just posted, just Mitchell didn't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> totally throwing him under the bus for that because he keeps making funny gifts of me. Um, and yeah, I, I'll probably, I no, I'll probably get another one now, um, which is fine. Uh, a couple of things: if you enjoyed the Gina and Tim portion of this podcast, um, and you're listening to this on Monday, um, the twentieth. You can kind of recreate this in addition to two people uh, that are at least smarter than me, uh, Gary Kay and uh, Rich Ventura, because Gina and I are going to be on on Rich's webinar, RV on AV, at 1 o'clock Eastern on the 21st of, of December. Uh, so it's, it's you know, it's, it's, you know, still awesomeness with Gina and then uh, and then uh, uh, Rich and, and, and Gary. So you can check that out. Uh, it, it's RV's, it's Rich's uh, thing with, with Sony. He's been doing it for quite a while. So you can check that out. Um, also, I mentioned the fact that, that we've got a couple things coming down the pipeline. Um, I'm going to CES. If you're going to CES, cool. Awesome. Groovy. Hit me up and, and let me know. Um, I'm going to be in, in Long Beach, uh, Southern California for Crestron's, for next, for Crestron's next, next, uh, the, uh, the 12th and 13th, I think of, of January, hundred percent heading to ISC unless the Spanish government tells me I can't. Um, and then holy crap, we have a busy February and March on top of that ISC West DSD enterprise connect. So, 
uh, hit us up and, and follow us on on, uh, on the website. We'll have all those landing pages and stuff like that. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time I have for AV Week. <laughs>